I tell you, the part of the, there's a catch-22 about our church. We are like committed to being relational in the sense of saying, okay, we want to know one another. And so I, I use a lot of words. We're a big, small church, a big church that you can, Paul stands up here and we got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of places you can get connected, but it's a small church that it, it's a little harder to hide here, um, which is hopefully a good thing, but that you're going to be known and that it's actually kind of, if you want to just hide, this probably isn't the best church from you. And we're not going to be weird or pushy, but this church is going to long to say, hey, inter come be a part of a circle. Know one another. And me as a pastor, just sort of, I think a lot of this comes out of the gift God has given me and sort of a, a slant of I am just this uber relational guy. Uh, and I actually care deeply about people. But I swear, if I could just take my last 10 minutes, it's nuts the variety and the scope of the experience of what individually all the different things we are walking through as a church and let's just say as a family from deep grief um, to I got a ring I'm getting married excitement and everything in between okay and so in that, I, I simply want to speak, we gather this morning not to be entertained. We gather this morning, um, we gather this morning saying, Lord, we want to worship. And we want to tune our ears and our hearts and our mind and our eyes to you. And so could I, I'm going to pray with us and, and I'm going to pray a little bit slowly. So let's just all of us here recognize, okay, we're here to worship, and we come from a lot of different places. So just take a minute, close your eyes, or maybe even just open up your hands, take a breath. Hmm. Father, we gather this morning. We come together in the fullness of our life experience right now, in honesty, some of us, God, the truth is, some of us don't believe. Some of us are really struggling. Some of us have a, a, a really deep faith. I pray that we would hear from you, not just from me. We don't want to be entertained. We don't need another. We don't need more information. Spirit of God, would you work in our lives? Speak to us. Remind us. Encourage us. Challenge us. And so collectively we can pray this and individually is, is how you will work. So lead us this morning, Lord. Lead us this morning. Amen. Luke 8, 14. 
Uh, if you have a Bible on your phone or an actual old school paper one, grab it. I always encourage everyone, too, if you have something to write down on your phone or some notes. Luke 8.14 is a scripture that I don't necessarily like, and honestly, it scares me. And it says this. It, well, let me, let me say, in case you're newish, there's this parable. Jesus tells this parable. There's a farmer. He scatters seeds. There's four kinds of seeds. Then later, it's a great parable because Jesus tells you what it means. He says each seed represents like a truth of God or the word of God or when the gospel comes into someone's life and then how they would respond to it or what happens with that. And so this Luke 8.14 is the third seed, the third seed. And Jesus, when he's explaining what this parable means, he says this, the seed that fell among the thorns, that's the third seed, stands for those who hear they hear about the truth of God, the gospel, God's love for them. They hear it, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. That as life goes on and as you would normally mature, as you would normally grow up, instead, all of the things of life come in. The worries and the anxieties and the wounds and the aches and the riches and the pleasures and the fun all comes in and they do not mature. You, you get taken off by, by, by the negative or even by the positive. And as life goes on, you do not mature. It withers. You guys know that, um, you know, like when people say, hey, well, how old are you in dog years? You know, or, oh, the dog year. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> All right. So it's a stretch, but just go with me on this illustration. I was thinking, you know, I was sitting there thinking about dog years. And I was thinking, I wonder if we could see everybody in faith years. Like, what if we appeared... Because it's not just your age doesn't to equate to your spiritual maturity. So, so, and getting older doesn't just mean you're more spiritually mature. So what if we all actually appeared as, as our spiritual maturity, like some of us would maybe be infants, just starting to take in spiritual milk. God, maybe you are real. God, maybe you do care about me. God, I've tried a number of things, and maybe your ways are the best ways. And we'd be a spiritual infant. Or, or some of us would be children learning the elementary truths. God, I can actually, it was so weird, man. They would always say, like, turn, turn to Luke. And I'm like, I actually know where Luke is now. And it's one of the Gospels. In fact, the other day, I was actually reading on my own, and I feel like God, like, spoke to me. And I'm actually able to start feeding myself. And that God's at work in this. I have a genuine relationship with God, like an actual connection. It's not just something I've heard other people talk about, like I started to experience it. God is real. In fact, I'm starting to see my life and the parts of my life as like 
service to God and almost worship to God and honor of God, that you're taking those elementary steps and you're a child. Maybe some of us are an adolescent. Thank God for adolescent phases of life. Nobody said amen. <laughs> you know, where you maybe start doubting. You start questioning. You start pushing back. Maybe you start getting a little bit judgmental and start pointing the finger more. Maybe you experience some disappointment. And you say, okay, what? I, I thought I had stuff figured out, and now I'm going through this time, and it's, it's harder. Growing up is more difficult than I thought. Maybe some of us are more adults with a seasoned faith, a formed character. We've ridden some waves. A few have crashed on our head. A, a consistency of, of walking with the Lord over time. And, and a faith has deepened and integrated. And a few of us, if we could see it, may, may actually be gray hairs, wise, right? The, the, the sages of the faith, deeply rooted. Your life is marked by, by the fruit of the Spirit of God and probably marked by you give it away and your just generosity and care for others and just enjoyment of God. And you know, it's a beautiful thing, kind of like the stages of life too, but those who I've known who have been the most mature in their faith are also the most childlike. They, they can laugh, and it's like they've returned to this level of innocence and appreciation. Do you know anyone like that? Have you met people like that? So where are you? Where are you? And then the next question is, how do you grow up? How, how do you mature? Is life's worries and pleasures and riches going to just come all in and they do not mature? They do not change. They stay at elementary level. They stay childish in their faith. Does it just take time? No, that's not what the third seed says. It's not just time. There, there's got to be some level of intentionality of how we grow in our faith and our trust and our connection with God. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning, okay? And to do that, we're going to turn to a different scripture that addresses this same, same topic. But we're going to go to Hebrews. <coughs> Hebrews. <laughs> Hebrews <coughs> uh, chapter 5, verses 11 to 14. So Hebrews 5, 11 to 14. Who wrote Hebrews? Yeah, well, I know. That was a bad question because it, we don't know is the right answer. I don't know. You're right. If you said, I don't know, you were right. Um, nobody knows uh, who, who, who wrote Hebrews. Uh, but, but it's written, and, and it gives some really deep instructions, and it's talking about kind of some deep theological things. And then right here in chapter 5, uh, the, the author kind of stops. He's like getting on a roll, and then all of a sudden stops and says, hey, Wait, I got to just, uh, I, I got to speak right to you about something. And the author says, listen, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. He says, listen, I, I want to tell you more. 
There's more depth. There, there, it gets even better. It gets even more profound. But the truth is, you're lazy. The truth is, you've kind of become a sluggard. I don't think you actually want to do the work to really understand or to dig in. In fact, the author goes on, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Let, let me give you the contrast. You should be a teacher by this time, but you need to be taught. You should know your ABCs. And you should be teaching to someone else. Instead, we got to sit there and go, A, B, C, D, E. You should be able to read on your own. Instead, you love it for me to just read to you. You need milk, not solid food. You, and you use this analogy. Listen, a child starts on milk. That's right. That's healthy. The, the digestion, the nourishment, that's excellent. A 20-year-old coming in here with a bottle drinking milk is weird. <laughs> Spiritually, you need milk, not solid food. You, you want baby formula instead of a steak dinner. Yet you would rather talk about loving people than go out and actually love people. Yeah, you would, you would rather argue a biblical idea than actually obey God. You still are getting your identity over and over by, by what the world says about you and what it says will give you value versus by what God says about you and the value he gives you. The truth is, in your life, there's more anger than gratitude. There's more bitterness than kindness. You, you would probably rather just, let's talk about evangelism and how everyone needs the Lord than actually tell your really good friend how much God loves them. The author goes on. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Living on milk keeps you malformed or deformed or underformed. And what is the appropriate formation? It's this maturation in righteousness, in right living. You guys, I... I Righteousness, right relationship with God, others, and yourself. Lord, let me be righteous and live in right relationship with you, right relationship with myself, right relationship with other people. The mark of maturity is not an accumulation of information. It's a transformed heart and life. Maturity is measured in action. 
It's the appropriation of God's truth into the very fabric of our being. You are a new creation. So many of us have been baptized, dead to self, alive in Christ, this new identity, and that we, that we begin taking little baby steps, but, but that, that's intended to grow and continue to expand and continue to deepen. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Solid food, steak is for the mature. Just recognize this. In spirituality, as in all other parts of life, like you see, there is immaturity, there is beginning, and then there is seasoned, there is growth. And you are intended to grow. The walk of faith is intended to be one of growth and maturing. And so how do we get there? By constant use, have trained themselves. The author uses this like athletic analogy, you know, it, it, by constant use. You, you, you exercise, you run, you, you lift the weights, you, you do whatever that constant use, you train your body. I'm looking back there at, at John Carmody, who works with all the pole vaulters back there, right? How many hundreds and hundreds and thousands of times do you have them run down the ramp and plant the pole and do the thing? I've never pole vaulted. And I, have no, I have no clue what I'm talking about right now. I, I, plant was the right thing. That is what you do with the pole. OK. Uh, maturity takes intentionality. It is hard work. It is discipline. Let's not cut corners about it, OK? It, hear that. In your spiritual life, just like in your work, just like any athletic pursuit, it takes discipline and work and training and intentionality. Now, we've got to be careful there and not fall into a trap that measures maturity by spiritual activity, okay? Because that's not what we're talking. We, we measure maturity by transformed life. And you can come to church, you can get in a life group and do the whole stuff. You can like, oh, I check the box, check the box, check the box, and never grow. Okay? It's more than just spiritual activity. These means are leading to an end. You can read your Bible every day and not know God more. The goal is to know him more and to trust him more. So through that, we read the scriptures and we learn and we obey and we listen. And what is produced? Look at what this scripture says. What is produced? The ability to distinguish good from evil. It's wisdom. Lord, in my life, as I navigate every, every aspect of my life and my character and my response, it's forming me. Help me to navigate between what is good and evil. Give me the wisdom to live out a righteous life in right relationship. This week, I asked our staff. I, uh, it was on Wednesday. We had a staff meeting. And, and I said, hey, you guys, could I take a minute? And I want to just ask you, because there's one thing I really appreciate about our staff. Two, two of one, every one of them has like this genuine relationship with God. 
And, and I would say it's a maturing relationship. And there are different points and at different stages, but all of them have this posture like I'm, I'm growing in my faith and I'm being intentional with it. So I said, hey, you guys, could I ask you to just think, how do you actually grow? Like, how have you seen your faith grow? What has grown your faith? How, how does this happen? I want to read to you some of the things that they said. I said, you know, one way my faith has really grown is by being around people who are different and that have challenged me. And, and maybe somewhat uh, they, they've come from no faith at all and caused me to question things and to look deeper. Maybe they come from some different, like, oh, they, they're, they're Christian, but they, they approach this differently and let's talk about it. So do you know what's one of the biggest ways we've grown? It's just hardship and pain. The anvil of suffering. You can't get around it. You can't get around it. And you walk through it. I so appreciate Paul organizing this grief seminar. So do you know what, Matt? One of the ways I've really grown is by being let down and disappointed. And I clarified, I said, you mean like by people? And they said, yeah, by people, also by God. Like I thought he would do this or I thought it would be like this and, and then it wasn't. And I'd say, okay, God, was I wrong? Are you not? Did I not see this? Are you still here? And walking through this disappointment has actually on this side has really deepened and grown me in my faith. Someone said being frustrated and angry with God, like being able to just like do a psalm, like, where are you? And he didn't turn his back on me. Someone said curiosity over guilt. They said, I, I used to always feel like oh, I should read my Bible. I ought to. And there's this like pervasive guilt underneath it. And, and it started to shift into curiosity. Lord, what, what do you say? What, what are you going to show me today? How are you leading? What, what do I have to learn? And said, man, when it turned from this shame thing or a guilt thing to a curiosity, I, I've so grown. Just stages of life have grown us. Man, I, I thought I had it all figured out. Then I got married. <laughs> Can I hear that? You got to amen that one. Right? Someone said, yeah. Man, I, I, I thought then I got that off. Then I had kids. And that undid me in a whole nother. And just walking through stages of life. Someone else like, in my singleness, I thought I'd be married at this stage. And I'm not. And what the Lord's showing me and growing me. I could keep going repenting. Oh, here's one I liked. Drew, you said this. It was your college professor, I think. Um, Drew said, I had this college professor, and he taught us, you always hear that practice makes perfect. And, and, and this professor said, no, no, no. I, I really think practice makes permanent. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So, so with that, Drew said, so just finding these practices. I know a number of us have said, I'm, 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 I'm going to actually practice Sabbath and take a day a week where I rest 
and I set down my productivity and my activity, and I depend. I say, God, you have given all. Let me rest in that. A practice of, of, of getting up and praying every day, of just sitting silently. But the practices make permanent in our life how we grow. Oh, there's other good ones. The staff was like awesome. I put them all down, but I don't have time because I want to give you three more. Okay, you ready? I want to give us three more. Three ways we grow that I'm, I want us to really point out. And these are things that I've seen within the life of our church and me being a pastor for 20 years here. Recognizing spiritual maturity and emotional maturity grow together. If you are wanting to grow in your faith, I want you to recognize spiritual maturity and emotional maturity grow together. I've always thought, man, I cannot go to a place, especially a place that's impoverished, like a poor place, a third world country, and go there and say, God loves you. I'm going to hand out a bunch of pamphlets saying God loves you and then leave. No, I'm like, I want to go show you God loves you. And so we go to Mexico and we build a house. And we do things like, let, me, let us show you and then speak it as well. The longer I've lived in, in this context and been a pastor, I've recognized that it's like physical and, and, the, and the spiritual go together. Let us show you that God loves you and then tell you God loves you, that the emotional and the spiritual. You can't just say God loves you when some people who are so, have such a deep abandonment in their life, they, they can't even, they've never experienced love. Or, or there's such an abusive upbringing. Or you say, oh, yeah, God the Father loves you. And you, say, you want to talk about my father? And it hits all these things. And saying, Lord, we need deep healing emotionally to, to grow spiritually. This is why we do ultimate journey. This is why we do the ultimate journey and what it's intended for. We, we recognize ultimate journey is a two-part thing. And the first part, we, we, we do a lot of work. It's kind of hard work saying, where are some of the places I'm emotionally repressed or wounded or, or, or stuck in some un, you know, dysfunctional patterns? Lord, Lord, reveal that to me. And then the second part is, God, who are you? And how do you relate to us? And who do you say I am? And then you put those together. And some people really experience some transformation in part one, other people in part two. But that's why we say, man, listen, spiritual maturity and emotional maturity are going to grow together. And there's phase three, but I'm not going into that, at least. <laughs> and are you, you're leading a phase three right now. Yeah. And God's work there, which is what? Yeah. Our identity with him and then the ways he uses us for mission in the world. <clears throat> Second thing. Second thing, recognize that spiritual maturity and emotional maturity grow together. The second is I want you to measure, when you think about your spiritual life, and I'm like, are you an infant? Are you an adolescent? Are you a wise? I want you to say this, measure the direction, not the day. Spiritual maturity is measured by the direction, not the day. Okay, has anyone ever followed the stock market? I switched you too quick. The stock, you guys know the stock, you guys know the Dow Jones. Okay. 
If I just, I got, I got four things. You know, on your phone, you can do this. On my iPhone, I can do this. I want to show you, um, this was Friday on the Dow Jones. If I measured, hey, how are the stock market doing on this day, what would you say? Bad day. A lot of us uh, of the past, maybe today, I'm like, how are you doing with God? It stinks. I'm struggling. It's a bad day. All right, well, let's, let's, let's back it up a little further. Let's look at the stock market for maybe the last year. Here's the year. Man, it's been a rough year. You've had a lot of ups and downs. It, it, man, I wonder if you are growing in your faith. This has been a hard year, hasn't it? But let's back it up a little further and say you've been walking with God for five years. Okay, let's look at five. Wow. Five, you know what? Over five years, what's the direction? You have been growing in maturity. And COVID or the doctor news or riches and pleasures, maybe you had one big, huge drop here for a while. But you're like, what is the direction? And then you say, OK, over a lifetime, this is my desire for each and every one of us. Over a lifetime, what's your spiritual maturity look like? All time? Uh-huh. Y'all done growed up, <laughs> right? And you measure the long haul direction and don't just get stuck in the day. I was in Israel. The first time I went to Israel and Melanie and I uh, were in Jerusalem. We had just gotten to Jerusalem. It was at night. It was like 11 o'clock. And I said, let's, let's go to the wall. Let's go to the Western Wall. We hadn't been there yet. I said, let's go. I've always wanted to be there. So, so we walk at night into the old city, through the gates, walk down kind of abandoned streets, and the markets are all closed, and it's, your heart's kind of thumping. You're like, should we be doing this? I don't know if this is safe. Go through some metal detectors, um, and we get out into the area where there's the, the wall. That was the temple, the old temple, where the Jews would go to pray. And it's the most sacred spot for the Jewish people. And, and, and people pray there 24 hours a day all the time. And then I go down and say, let's go pray. And she splits off to the right because men and women have to pray at different spots at this wall. So she goes over to the right. And I go to the left. And I go. And I think I'm the only Christian there. It's all Jews. And everyone's like praying and putting the stuff in the, you know, the cracks. And I get down there. And I take my hands, and I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. But I put my hands up on it, and then I just feel like I should get on my knees. So, so, I, get down, so I get down on my knees, and I, and I start praying. And then I put my head up, and I'm praying. And I've had multiple experiences where I... I am overwhelmed by the majesty of God, often in nature, stars at night, right? Mountain splendor, like the beauty of nature. You say, God, you, you are creator and you are magnificent. You are magnificent. But as I'm sitting there with my head and my hands on the wall and my, on my knees, I have this experience where I experience God, not this direction, but this direction. God, I am, I'm, I'm on ancient stones and ancient grounds, recognizing you are, 
you are the beginning and the end. And, and, and I feel this little speck, like my life is this little speck of God's much greater, grander story. And, and I felt this, the time, the expanse. And, I, and, I, and there was this deep awe and appreciation. God, you are, you, are, you are over all and in all and through all, and you are creator, beginning and end. And I felt him like that historically. Don't measure your faith just on the day. Okay, it's really important or she gets stuck. You can really get stuck in weird patterns. Bad day, good day, bad day. Faith is going to look like this, but you want to see the direction. This, okay, this series we're doing right now, Discipleship Pathway, we're focused on these different things. Pull, um, Joseph, do you have that slide? Remember last three weeks, Three weeks ago, we did grasp, then gather. Today's grow and go. We're saying this is a pathway that as we all mature in our faith and grow in our faith, and then I'm showing you like these different programs the church does to help you in these areas. So we've talked about a number of these. The grow one, I just want to show you ultimate journey is what we do to help you grow in emotional maturity and spiritual maturity. Also, trips and retreats. The women's retreat is sold out. Come on. The women's retreat just sold out like that. Uh, so the women's retreat's a great place to grow. I want to tell you, I, trips, we are intentional with like Mexico trips and mission trips. Also, Israel. I'm leading a trip to Israel next April. After that first time I went and I experienced the things I experienced with Mel, I, I sense I was like, over the next 10 years, I want to take 100 people from our church to Israel. To, 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 to see the land, to see the holy lands. You will read your Bible differently. You'll have an encounter with God there. Like it's like a pilgrimage. And so I just want to throw out and say to you guys, I, I know some of us, in fact, someone even signed up today. Where's Alex and Beth? You got, did you sign up this morning? Alex and Beth signed up this morning and are, <clears throat> and are going. Um, and there's a number. Jeff and Anastasia are going. Yep. Pam and Jeff Freeland are going, and they're dancing about it. A number of people, I just want to invite you, if that is something that you would be interested in, um, there's that little thing. We're going with Cornerstone Church. It's going to be an excellent trip. Raise your hand if you've been before. I, I look around. I know a number of us, yeah, ha have gone. And I know each one of you. Am I lying? No. Don't say. It, it was totally worth it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Come and talk to me or click on that link um, if you are interested in that trip. The, the third thing, how do we grow? I wrote discipline and delight. Discipline and delight. Your faith is going to take, and growing into maturity is going to take discipline. It's going to take praying sometimes when you don't feel like praying. It's going to be reading uh, scripture when you don't feel like reading. It's going to be showing up on a Sunday morning when you want to sleep in. It's going to be going to a life group and actually talking about what's really going on instead of just mouthing platitudes. It's going to take discipline and effort, and you're going to need to push in. And, and sometimes God gives us these like big breakthrough moments. You say, oh, you are so real and you answer prayers. And then, Lord, I feel like it's been over a year or longer since you've answered a prayer. 
Your faith is going to have times like that. You need discipline to grow in maturity. And you're also going to have delight. You're also going to have delight. God, I thank you so much just for the beauty of a meal and of the mountains and of the season and the bounty of harvest. Lord, I thank you for friendship and relationship and life. God, I I delight in you. And there's going to be moments where you sing on a Sunday morning and you're like, wow, God was like really there. Lord, you are awesome. And other moments where you sing like, I don't know if we're just singing. Understand that. Have the strength and the fortitude to continue in discipline and enjoy the moments of delight. Expect the moments of delight. Worship team, why don't you guys come up and get us ready for worship? Um, I'll end really quick with this story. Karl Barth was uh, one of the greatest theologians of the last hundred years. Brilliant. Like, you know, he'd talk about Bible theology stuff, and you're like, what? Super, super intelligent, super insightful. In 1962, he's doing a tour around speaking at colleges, and he's in Chicago. And he finishes this great talk on all this huge, massive, deep theological stuff. And and this guy's like a giant, intellectual giant, love for God giant, understanding the Bible giant. And and he has a Q&A. And and one of the kids, one of the college students raised his hand and said, Carl, yes, could could you like everything you've learned, could you, you, all the study you've done of the Bible and God, could you try and just reduce it to one sentence? Yeah, that's a heck of a... Carl Barr says, yeah. He, he's, he's, he's a spiritually mature gray hair. You guys, this is a sage, wise, walk with God. He says, I could. He said, I actually learned it sitting on my mom's knee when I was a little kid. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And he sings and he says this little line of this childhood, like lullaby hymn of Jesus loves me, this I know. Yet he's coming back. Remember what I said? So often wisdom, the deepest wisdom brings us back to that childlike faith and what it meant at that level and that depth. So may we continue to grow and mature and be disciplined and delight And may we, at the end of it, man, have a childlike, passionate, deep faith. Lord, give us a vision for that. And may we not fall into the third seed where all the worries and anxieties and delights pull us away. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. Father, thank you for this morning. Uh, Receive our worship. Help us do uh, what we need to do with your word this morning. We love you. Amen.